Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm the jacket potato to all of Connor's trimmings. Emma. Mm. And I'm just sampling some of Zach's spinach puffs. Mm. Delicious. Connor. So what we got coming up this week, Emma? This week we have your usual roundup, your hero in slapping down. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next... Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night. Well, Kat's feeling a bit better and she's out of the hospital. So Phil is bringing her home. I mean, she's feeling so good, Emma, that she recommends that everyone should be hit by a two-ton mortar. <laughs> she's like, I just feel great now. <laughs> and I love it because literally as they all come out to greet her it's like, like the Queen's arrival or something isn't it it's so good and then the best bit for me was when Tommy just comes to the door he's like are you going to be my new dad now? <laughs> I mean even Phil and Kat like smirk themselves because it's just like perfect that is how kids think isn't it like you know like now suddenly he has the new dad <laughs> And there's Jean, who's just like, oh, Phil. Then Tommy drops Jean in it and saying uh, that you called him a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She was, like, she was like, don't say things like that, Tommy. You can't ask people if they're going to be a dad. He goes, well, when I ask you, though, Nan, when I, Nan, when I ask you, Jean, you, you will keep telling me that, like, it gives you nightmares. Kids always do that as well. I love it. Like... <laughs> You should never see these things around Tommy. He'll just tell everyone. <laughs> no, I just, I love it though, because Phil's not even like faced by like that at all. Like, I think it's quite sweet that he's just like, well, yeah, she probably does have some bad feelings towards us, but life's complicated. People are really complicated. Like, you know, yes, at one point they weren't friends. And in fact, they were like enemies, but that's pretty much everyone on the square at this point. Yeah, at this point, definitely. It definitely is. Remember the other week when Linda was like, I hate Sharon, I will never see her again. Now she's like, I miss you. <laughs> like, it's like that. Gavin, flipping, tormented and terrorised Kathy for years. He dies. She's like, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> I don't know what she might do now. <laughs> oh, love it. So, like, Kat's like, you know, the, the house is a tip, but you can come in if you like. And uh, she's like, oh, no, it's a tip. It's an absolute pigsty. Don't come in here. It's like a bomb has went off. Don't come in, Phil. You'll be disgusted. Honestly, you don't want to come in here. E. coli everywhere. And, um, <laughs> and Phil's like, don't you worry. I'm not bothered. We've all seen what his kitchen's like. It's always a mess. Exactly. I mean, come on. Like, the Mitchell's kitchen. Do you remember? It used to be like a cesspit. It was awful. That definitely had E. coli. A hundred percent. For those of um, for those of you who are new to our podcast, this is this is a little joke that made him like to make about how clean is your house and how they always kept saying that everywhere just had E. coli. Everywhere. Uh, Every everywhere. time they done everywhere the swab. That Every yeah. swab had an E. coli. On. E. coli. This is as you can see, it's E. coli. Well, I mean, there's there's E. coli in there, and the oven's broken. It's just it's just not going well. 
I was a little bit nervous as well because I was like, is that a gas oven? And they're just like kind of kicking it and kind of like sparking <laughs> it up and stuff. I was like, it could blow up. But not only that, well, because the oven's broken, they're going to have some cheese and ham sandwiches. However, the cheese they clearly got from Stuart because it has green <laughs> stuff on it. So it's just ham. <laughs> When they said it's green cheese, I was like, not more green. I was like, what is it with Wolfhard and green food? Like, See, is I it told like you. Maybe yeah. it's just a thing over there. See, maybe it's just like the space bread. Maybe it's space, space, space cheese. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> space cheese is made by like aliens or something. Like, maybe that's what it is. Or maybe Mouse from Redwater came and um, she was like, I got me cheese. And then... I mean, she would definitely still eat that. I bet your cat's like, don't worry, I know the cheese is green, but I've, I've got this little mouse from Red Water, and she's, just, she's dying for some cheese. There you go, mouse, there you go. I feel like mouse took their cheese and replaced it with I a moldy one. I feel like one. that's what she would do. She was always stealing food. Remember when she, she stole brown al- bach? She was always stealing, always. <laughs> she was always stealing. And graffiti, and remember she marked all of that flipping Kushdara's walls. Mouse was here and things. <laughs> mouse was here. Another thing, if you didn't know what we're referencing because you didn't watch Red Water and you're, or you're new, um, Red Water is literally one of the greatest shows ever. And there is a character who you never see called Mouse. <laughs> I loved Jean's bit where she was like, Trouble follows the Mitchells. And then Kat's like, Well, we're hardly flipping sunshine and rainbows, are we, Jean? Like, come on. It's so true. Everyone on the square has their baggage. There's not a soul on there that does not. Like, you have to kind of look beyond some of this baggage and give people a chance. Like, I mean, everyone except people like Gray and, you know, the murderers and serial killers and things. Like, those people, they're beyond help. They're kind of immoral. Um, I love that cat was kind of like sticking up for Phil there and was like, no, no, like, you know, we're, we're just as bad. And then she was like, well, when Cush and Alfie were around, they were mucking in with the kids and everything. They were, you know, eager to help out. And then I was a bit like, Yes, Jean, but then Kush almost lost the house and made you all homeless, and Alfie burnt the house down with Cat inside. So I'm not sure that we can say that they're the best examples of fine, upstanding male suitors. Also, I love it because Phil's only been around for like a couple of minutes, and Jean's already wanting him to look after everyone in the house. Like, I love it. The difference. Come round for food. Yeah, the difference was Alfie and Kush lived there. Yeah, and like Alfie had kids. Of course he's meant to be mucking in. What else was he meant to be doing? They were mucking in with the kids. Well, they are his kids, Jean. Like, Phil only came to drop Cat off and the kids were all upstairs and Jean's like, he should be mucking in. <laughs> yeah, look, they're not animals. What did she want him to do? Like, start, like, digging out there. They're clearing out there, like, stables and stuff. He should be mucking in right now. Terrible, that he's not. Jean wasn't exactly quiet talking about Phil. So he heard and, well, he's went, and he's went to Whitney. And he's thought, oh, traumatic. What do we need? <laughs> he got some takeaways. Now, I'm not saying Whitney's promoting her own business here. But do you think she thought, he cat, you need to have some treats? So she ran her over for takeaways every day, love. I love that, the master plan. No wonder it seemed crazy, because actually, we just didn't know. Whitney's master plan was to hospitalise Kat <laughs> so she could get some business. Yes. Because we all know Whitney is the, the, the you know, the takeaway dealer of the square, if you like. She knows how to sort out everyone's problems. 
Relationships, no problem. Marriages that are failing because of lies, no problem. Running away from the fact that you've committed loads of crimes, no problem. Because she's got them all. The takeaways that you need to make your life better. Whitways is the biggest business in Walford. Sorry, Ian. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, she does, she does go and get them sometimes from all of Ian's businesses. So you just get a shared profit in it. So True. Too bad. I mean, she's so busy, we don't even see Whitney now. I mean, look at that. Did you see how many they got? Take mm-hmm. Wow. All of those takeaways. And Kat, Kat didn't have a single one. Instead, she had... I loved it as well when he said, didn't he? Because he uh-huh. came and he said, it's for the boys. What about poor Lily? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but Kat's not having that. Uh-uh. No. She's having a jacket potato with all Z trimmings. <laughs> which are beans and cheese on Z top. <laughs> I put a tweet on because I'm I'm a big supporter of this. Phil Mitchell for the next series of MasterChef. I mean, it has to, doesn't he? It has to. That tweet said it all. And we'll start a campaign next. I'm thinking petitions, all sorts. Steve, if you if you fancy it, if you want to play it in character and be Phil, that would be fantastic. It's all <laughs> I ask. I feel like Phil needed to add on the classic MasterChef thing where they're like, there's always a zhu. Yeah, a zhu. Whatever that is. It's a- Bean jus. Yeah, bean <laughs> With a sprinkling of cheese. <laughs> yeah, luxury cheddar cheese. <laughs> I, love I love it as well because why is it that every time, like, cats with a man, they always do strange little voices? Because, like, then when she was with <laughs> Alfie on Red Water, he kept on going, for my fancy lady. Or when no, he was I, like, you know, when, remember when we were looking facts. at the I got flashbacks to very small. Very small. Do you remember that? Very small. You can see, you can see the coast of America. You can see, see New York from here. But it's very small. Very small. I was like, we don't know what's happening. But that was another moment where someone was doing that. It was Cat. It was Cat who was doing it. Why do they all do these weird little voices when they're in a relationship? I think Phil's a big Red War fan. I think yeah. he watched it. He was like, I know, I know Cat's love language now. Her love language is dodgy flipping imitations, and <laughs> I'm going to deliver them. Just come listen to us, Cat. Like, where you are. We do where imitations are really bad all the time. <laughs> Phil we sing Kat. badly, we imitate badly, we act badly. Perfect. Phil and Cat in your spare time. Why not mm-hmm. listen to E20? Maybe when they're in the bath. I like to listen to them when we're in the bath. <laughs> when we're in the bath. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh all just gone very erotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me and Emma, we set the candles, set the tone. <laughs> just revealing all of our secrets. <laughs> I know. That's why we're so close. <laughs> we're actually filming from the bathroom right now. <laughs> No, when I have a bath, I like to put a 20 on. So I very oh much recommend, Kathleen, that when you take your nice bubble bath and fills luxury, luxury lavatory, as Vi said, I suggest you pop E20 on. I live for Phil kind of just being in his element because, like, I think Phil's always wanted, like, a house full of boys. Like, he's a very, like, he's a he's like a... He's like a boy dad. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he looks <laughs> a house full of boys. He's <laughs> <laughs> always loved men, Phil. <laughs> there's a, full of men. There's you know, a new like, storyline. I feel like, I feel like um, 
I feel like Phil. I love it. I was like turn this into like showing some CD. <laughs> and I was keeping this the giggles. It's like when uh, it's like when Ian said like ages ago they had two fit young men. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're like what? <laughs> I feel like Phil has always like he's loved his children. He's always a very he's very much a father figure. Like he is always one to kind of to to want to have loads of kids. And I think although he loves Louise, like I think he was always kind of more into that kind of like lads, lads, lads kind of behavior, isn't it? Like that is kind of what he is. Especially like when he saw him with like Jay, where he basically adopted Jay and he was like, No, no, you can live here now, you like my son. And like he's like always wanted that. Like I think he always wanted Ben to have like lots of brothers and things and like they could all go like play football and stuff. You know, like all that sort of like like simple macho lifestyle kind of thing. Macho, macho, uh, macho man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just always wanted that. I think really, realistically, Phil always wanted like a football team of boys, didn't he? Like yeah. that's what he always wanted. Like so he could be like, let's go have a match. Like it would just that would be his dream. And so to see him kind of like interacting with like um uh with like Tommy and like the twins and things like it was really sweet like when they they all came in. He was like, you know, just help yourself. Uh, Ben's Xbox is in there. And, you know, lads, get yourself through. It was, like, so cute. And, like, it was just, like, it was giving me an Emma, like, oh, hashtag fat life. Like, it really was. He does offer to let them take it all home. I love that. Like, hey, <laughs> that, yeah. Ben's not coming it's like, back. that's my property. <laughs> and Ben will be like, where's all my stuff gone? <laughs> you know what I'll have to say about this, though, Will? Because he'll be like, oh, hold on. You didn't tell me that everything was gone here. I would have been right over but he's still got all of Denny's stuff. I was going to say, though, is, is Phil 100% this is Ben's? Because I'm pretty sure they got rid of it and it was all Denny's. I swear it was. I think that's Denny's Xbox. And Unless... he's just like, Will's not going to be happy. Will isn't like Sharon. The only thing I can think of is that maybe the bought, Ben bought a new one after Will stole everything. <laughs> after Will cleared the house out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because he could have... Tommy, who's going to be like trying to be Ben, and then you've got Will, who's trying to be Denny. <laughs> why, why not just head upstairs, Tommy, and take some of Ben's old stuff? <laughs> yeah, just go straight up. <laughs> <laughs> That's still one of the best moments ever when Will was just like, "Yay!" He's <laughs> like, "Can I take it all, Auntie Sharon?" It was just amazing. <laughs> Oh, I love. And then, like, I think that kind of startles Kat a bit. Because, like, Phil can't afford to give them a lifestyle that Kat isn't accustomed to, to and has never been accustomed to. Even at the height of her and Alfie's, like, successful business running of, like, the Vic, she still didn't have that kind of level of exposable income and, like, that level of kind of, like, security financially. So I think it frightens her a bit that Phil can kind of be like, listen, lads, you don't take anything you want. It's not like a consequence. Like, take the Xbox. You could have the TV. Like, literally, like he, it wouldn't matter to Phil. He could just buy another one. And I think there's a mix of both like a financial thing, but also a bit of a shock of like how fast the relationship's going and things. And she just mentioned that when they split up, like, what's going to happen then? They're going to expect this kind of thing, and she can't afford to just go and get them all Xboxes. Yeah, and I think that's that is a really 
realistic thing to worry about like you know fat we love but you know it might not be forever like that's just the rule of the dice when it comes to relationships i would say to cat like maybe go in a little bit more positivity kathleen like <laughs> you're know. already like be dead for five weeks or something or whatever. well i've been dead for a few months now but like you know what i mean like she's gone in like we might split up any minute <laughs> he's already just started officially dating again like come on so they agreed to set some ground rules and do you know what that means? Jacket potato with cheese is still on. With very small amount of <laughs> zitchies. <laughs> Big night on the horizon. It's gym opening night. <gasps> you mean we've missed it? Oh, Emma. We love a new place. We'd love a new place. We should have been round there, had some of that free champagne, had a sampling of uh, Zach's spinach puffs and um you know just enjoyed ourselves see where the night took me see where the night took well no one if no one's actually drink one down the blooming table i say we'll be flipping like martin carrying a sick (laughs) round in bags i just live for the the whole excitement around this for sharon she's really excited it's a new business for us it's it's also something she's never done before which is quite exciting like i i think this is eastenders way of kind of answering everyone else's kind of like prayers a little because remember when Sharon first got the Vic and like there was a lot of kind of like oh but just had it before and like do we want her to have it like do we not want her to have it there was like kind of a lot of can't quite decide where where we all stand with the Vic and Sharon and I think this is kind of like Eastern's way of trying to to deal with that and appease that a bit they're kind of like Sharon doesn't need to be in the Vic she can be Sharon from anywhere in the square and she can run a gym she can do anything because she's Sharon Watts and I think that's it. That's mm. what I'm getting from this, like that exciting energy from it. And what I love is that, like, there's this really cute moment, like, as she's very excited about the opening, she's, like, telling Karat, because she's obviously feeling very, like, she's very in her, like, lovey-dovey phase a bit with her, and she's, like, really enjoying just her wild nights of passion. And um, there's, like, this moment where Zach's, like, you should come um, beef yourself up at the gym and, Karat just comes back with this killer line. He's just like, sorry, mate, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> I live. Linda decides to bury the hatchet with Sharon and they're like friends again and she goes and supports her. Yeah, which was really sweet. I think me and Emma said this like when it happened. Like Sharon and Linda are kind of like endgame friends. Like uh, I... I really missed their, like, friendship. They had a really warm partnership. I blame Max for fracturing it, to be honest. Like, it, it kind of started down that road and then it just got worse. I think with Linda having Max's baby as well, I think Sharon needs to be there for her at the moment. I think yes. she, need, she needs someone to talk to. She needs someone to rely on. But I live because it was really exciting to, like, see, like, all this happening. And, like, then Linda was like, you know, it's... Life's too short to hear. And I think I kind of... Me and Emma are very much in that mindset. And so that's kind of like our mindset, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, life's too short to like hold on to so much anger and hatred to people. Like, and grudges, although Ruby loves grudges and wants to keep them, you know, all going everywhere and everyone should have grudges. A20 is not like that. We believe in kind of letting it go. And I mean, except for Ruby and Martin, because they just, uh, everything that's come from. (laughs) We're holding that grudge. Holding that grudge just for Ruby though, because she asked. And um, I think like, I think it was just nice to like say that kind of like burying of the hatchet it's like 
you know, life's complicated and life's too short. Like, let's just get over this, Sharon, and let's just be friends. That's kind of like Linda's message, isn't it? Like, she's kind of like, you know, I miss you, and, and Sharon misses her. And I just think, just get back together. <laughs> get back together. It looked like everyone was so close together, and not once did I think about that until like now i'm thinking oh, oh my god, god you're right because like a full-on party style event the, that just shows again like we sing their praises for this like every single week but like honestly it just shows how successful these standards are, are at like kind of doing this social distancing without letting everyone know that they're doing it like that's so subtle and even like i just love seeing like zach trying to like you know muscle in on kind of flirting up with that last who's like a great network and challenges like no but like it was great how close they all were like you could it felt like they were like right next to each other like Sharon's like stood watching them being like no he's gonna ruin this and Karat's like nah don't worry I'll handle this like I'll deal with this I mean I can't believe you've just called her that lass it's Georgina Bonds (laughs) the most powerful woman in the land (laughs) they were like she's got so many fingers in every pie she's like they were like, she's someone with fingers and pies. I was just like, that doesn't say successful. Maybe that says that she's trying to spread like germs or something. Like, you know, she's going about going COVID. Have I she's touched just, this one yet? She's, <laughs> a, she's a menace in East London. She's been wrecking all of Greg's. <laughs> she's been going through all their pastries, putting her fingers in. Whitney's right behind, like, no, not the no. takeaways. <laughs> You're ruining my business. She's like, ha-ha. <laughs> She's like a super villain, but for pies. Yeah, the, the pie finger. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this is because so ironic. I said that without even thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the severity of Georgina. Like it's like Georgina Barnes. Oh, he's sticking her fingers in every pie. <laughs> 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 God, guys, me and Emma have lost it today. Like we have lost <laughs> it. <laughs> Do you think, like, when it's when she's um, put her fingers in the pie? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they put like a Georgina Bonds special. Yeah, yeah. She, I think you'll just start singing, Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the pies? Georgina did, Georgina did, she figured all the pies. <laughs> 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 I live for this woman. It was like she was like some sort of royalty of the land. It's like it was like. That woman over there sat in the corner. She doesn't look like nothing, but she is Georgina Barnes. The world's worst pie fingerer. She's, she ruined, she ruined Milligan's. She, she's Milligan's, not Greg's. She's moved on to Dixon's oh, now. She's, she's, gonna she's say not that stopping. Dixon. She's not stopping. She's going to wreck them all. Maybe that's what Sharon wants her for, so she can kind of, like, eliminate, like, the competition. You know, she'll go around, like, spread her germs on the what competition. What about Copeland's? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> for now. <laughs> I just live. I live for Georgina, and I, like, finger 
pressing it apart. It's like that's it like everything. It reminds me of like whenever a supervillain will like touch something and like, or like so when they know where they've been, like they leave their mark. Yeah. And they're like, that's oh, he's been here. It's like yeah. Georgina. <laughs> she's been to Grex. And they always know it's her because they find a fingerprint that's always. <laughs> You know, bits of pastry, flaky pastry. <laughs> it's got pastry <laughs> from the previous. Bye. <laughs> They're like, look, it's definitely hers. It's definitely her gov. Got a print on that glass oh. there. And it's filled with mince pie. She's mixed the mince pie with the apple pies. Oh, what a monster. <laughs> I mean, that never explains so much because, you know, like Sharon, she didn't have proper nosh on. She just had spinach puffs. And that's because you can't stick your finger in a spinach puff. <laughs> I think she knew Georgina was coming. She wasn't putting the pies out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, there's no way you're fingering my spinach puffs. <laughs> 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 I can't get over it. Was like, if you went, don't you want it? I love it. Anyway, correct to the rescue. Moving on. Georgina, I like think he needs to it. rescue us. Wouldn't say no <laughs> to that. We'll have to move on. We'll have to move on or she'll come for our pies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a living fear of that. <sighs> yeah, so Karat desperate to try and stop Zach Rune and Sharon's chances of networking with Georgina. And, um, Georgina Bonds! <laughs> Not the pie lady. The pie finger <laughs> on East End London. Why am I getting chicken run vibes? <laughs> Why is she coming across as the lady? <laughs> the chicken pie lady. Yes. So Karat's great idea is to say, stop embarrassing yourself. Then Karat locks him in a cupboard. Well, he's just learning from the best. Tommy Moon. I mean, he did. He did learn from the best. Cretan Moon was like, it was actually Cretan Moon. I don't even think it was. Yeah, Cretan. maybe we all think it was. It wasn't. Maybe it was. Cretan. It was Cretan Moon. Yeah, I think it was. I think he snuck up there and he was like, "Well, since Cherry's gone, I've got to got to get my kick somehow." <laughs> and I love it because he turns the music up, so you would think that might drown it out. But no, you hear. <laughs> literally you can hear him he's going help let me out it was like how is the music drowning that out I love that Nancy just stood there as if nothing's happening as well and then she's like I'll go get the door yeah, yeah when finally the music stops and then they realise Zach's still shouting <laughs> I live for it though because then he runs out and for like no apparent reason loses his marbles and whacks Karat in the eye <laughs> I was like, okay, bit excessive for a prank. Like, it's not like it's not like it's and babe and flipping, you know, um, Abby. Abby. It's it's not like Abby's locked you in there and flipping. You're gonna freeze to death overnight. Like, it. Come on, and babe didn't even have that reaction. <laughs> well, he's had three warnings now. He's on report. That's it. He's suspended. <laughs> Which is said that you've you've had your three strikes. You're out. You're out. So that means. After school detention, you're on report and you're going to be in base all week. All week. <laughs> so that means he's out the house, he's out the job. Off you go. Yeah, that's it. 
And so he's he's ready. He's he's ready to leave. Am I? He's got his car revving it up, and no, oh, the car's not going anywhere. It's dead. Oops. I guess it really didn't survive the vandalism that yeah. occurred at his funeral. <laughs> Someone came back to finish the job. <laughs> he's fixed the car up outside, but inside I'm going to dismantle it piece by piece. Gavin, <laughs> I don't know what he might do. Um, Zach doesn't tell the fairy cake story this time. I live for it because, like, how was what Karat said? Karat said this. This was his exact words. Don't embarrass your sister. I'll stop embarrassing your sister. That was the exact phrase. And <laughs> Zach's like, Gavin once said to me, don't embarrass myself. Well, they're not even the same phrase. <laughs> now you're just getting sloppy. <laughs> and thankfully, though, this didn't ruin the main and most important thing in Sharon's life at the minute. Her relationship with Karat is still okay. And we're glad for that. We're, we're, we're with you, Sharon. That's the main thing. The gym, network might be ruined, but tell you what, at least Karat is still going to be calling. Well, Suki comes in because she, she's in a bit of a dilemma. And she's not happy to see these two together. No, not at all. And well, she sent Jags to prison, didn't she? We yeah, all know yeah. that. But, but now, it would have been the making of him, Emma. Would have been the making of him. Now you say that, Suki, you say that, but um, now he's going to be killed. So, well <laughs> done, love. Yeah, I know, I love that. Well, that idea went exactly how me and Emma suggested it would. Terribly. I think we even said, like, it makes if no he goes to jail, he's not going to have a great time. He could get murdered. Yes, we did. Like, why? Oh, there'll be the making of him. Huh? Yeah, make it of him. He'll have a criminal record and be possibly traumatised. Like, or dead. what the hell? Also, I was a bit like, why is Jags fighting with people in jail? Yeah, why? Like, she was like, he had a fight with someone he shouldn't have. I was like, sorry, Jags. Like, what are you doing? I thought they said they were getting someone to protect him in there. Yeah, they, they were. Clearly. They were his relatives. Clearly, they did a great job. <laughs> they did a fantastic job. <laughs> How much were they paying them? Like... I'm not throwing money back, mate. <laughs> so Suki, well, she's on the hunt for a hundred grand. Ah, it's back. It's the hundred grand. And I love it because guess where she goes? The only person who always has a hundred grand on him. It's Phil. Yay. I live as well because she comes in. She's like, um, she's like, please, Phil. This is a win-win for us. Like you can make a lot of money off this. Totally lines right teeth because he's gonna make no money off this. It's not a scheme, it's her paying off of a like murder, a murder out to be. <laughs> like 50 percent or nothing. And she was like, Can't do that, Phil. That's a joke. 15? 15. And then he was like, No. 20? 25. I was like, is she gonna start like taking off her clothes and be like, my shirt? I'll <laughs> give you my shirt as well. Please. I was like, Suki, you're letting him know you are desperate for this money. It's not gonna work. So when you're you're desperate, who do you call? Stars is back. Shall That's right, Stan. The not so Russian Russian that we love and we think is hilarious is back on the square. Wearing exactly, he's wearing exactly the same shell suit. I swear he does what Gray does, where he just sips himself up in one of them little like bags and yes. just packs it because he comes out the outfit never looks trampy or anything it always looks clean but it's just always the same outfit do you think he washes it every night it must by or, what happens if he's one of those people who has like the same he's got like everything's <laughs> the same like the outfit. so he just gets a new one out every day 
<laughs> I live that. Like, he's just like, oh, he's got like a personal tailor. <sighs> just stitch up another. I'm suited. <laughs> it's better when I used to have to bake pies for Georgina Barnes. Oh. <laughs> I live for stars because then, like, he, he actually is like contemplating laundering more money. I was like, How much money do you have to launder, love? Like, how rich is stars? I just, I live for it. And then, like, Karat obviously comes in and sees all this and he's like worried that if stars is back on the scene, he might find out that, well, they kind of robbed him of gold. Uh oh. Yeah, I so, forgot about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so naturally, Karat's a little bit scared and it's a bit like, Sorry, uh, no business here. She's just uh, she's bigging herself up too far. We don't have the, anywhere to kind of, you know, launder any more money. And um, Suki's devastated. Stas is, well, not very happy, but he'll just sell for some vodka. He got the crisp packet, didn't he? And yeah. like hit it off his head and it went. It was weird. <laughs> that was weird. And then he went. He doesn't like having his time wasted because then he gets angry. And when he's angry, he's capable of anything. I don't know what he might do now. <laughs> He's crossed the line. <laughs> Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, so Stas isn't happy, but he leaves, and that's when Suki finally comes clean to Karat. This desperation, all of this, is all because she needs a hundred grand within twenty-four hours. It's always twenty-four hours. It's always twenty-four hours. It's always a hundred grand in twenty-four hours. <laughs> yeah. Either that or 250 if you're Ellie. If you're Ellie, you get 250 because she adds it up, didn't she? <laughs> she a little bit extra on interest for wasting her time. In, yeah, interest. And um, so within 24 hours, she needs to get this money to the right people or else Jags is dead. And what about his baby? Oh, poor Hags. <laughs> free the Jaguar. Just free the Jaguar. Well, it's Monday. And you know what that means? Martin's hung over and drank too much, as usual. And why is it every time that he's like, oh, we're going to go for a few drinks, maybe some food. Why is it that he always comes back absolutely wasted, has no, like, prior knowledge of what happened last night, other than that he left a kebab in a flipping, in the living room, stuffed down the sofa or something. And, like, comes back in absolute state. He's like an excessive drinker, like a binge drinker. You can't be a f- doing this. You are a parent. You're a father, not a flipping 18-year-old boy. You know, growing flipping weed in your back garden anymore. Like, you can't keep behaving like this. Speaking of behaviour. Speaking <laughs> of being good and being right. And that's Ruby. <laughs> and it's just like a dark cloud over the square at the minute for me. I'm just looking, I'm just like, oh, there she is. The criminal. The criminal. The flipping liar. <laughs> Adulterer. I'm just like, why is she just allowed to walk around scot-free? Like, do you know what I mean? Stacey's in jail, rotting away. Stacey is literally, she's done nothing wrong and she's in a cell. She's, she's all alone while you're just waltzing around, just chatting away like, oh, it's just weird that boys don't hold grudges. Grudges? You sent your friend to prison? <laughs> I think it's a bit more than a grudge, love. You've basically sabotaged her life as a parent, took her man, and also sent her to jail. And you knew her man might be dying. 
Ian Orr, that's the most despicable part about this. Let's not let that get slipped under the rug because that is the truth. She knows Jean has a terminal illness and may be dying. And she still has not a care nor concern for Jean, for the kids. And it just shows how self-centred and self-orientated Ruby's character has become. I don't even recognise her anymore. I really don't. In the past, yes, she was a little bit of a princess, maybe every now and again when she was like Johnny Allen's daughter. But she was a decent human being who cared about other people and other people's feelings. Look at her now. She's become the most like cold-hearted person on that square. I just think the two of them deserve each other now and they're going to just rot in hell <laughs> with Gavin. They're going to just rot in hell. That's that's all I'm going to say. They're going to just rot in hell. The anger that I get seeing them just enjoying their lives while our stace is not. The anger I'm at. Look what I've wrote on me little like cliff notes. Yeah, I've just put, where's his kids? <laughs> oh, you have and you've underlined kids. Yeah, and, put and some like, exclamation, exclamation marks and anything. Because honestly, he walks around as if he has no children. Hope's like three. And poor Arthur's just lost his yeah, dad. I know, love that. Arthur's got no one. He's got no mother. His father, his biological father's dead. It really bothers me as well that they don't even care that Lily's just decided to leave and head to jeans they're just like okay you do you lily <laughs> she's martin, 10 yeah she's 10 years old she's 10 years old martin has fallen so far from where he was when hope was born and things like when hope was when stacy was pregnant with hope and when she was born martin was at his finest and most caring now he literally couldn't give a monkeys about his children. Even, Evident, like what you just said. Even when Arthur was born, he knew it was Cush's, mm. but how he stayed with stayed by Stacey with uh, postpartum psychosis and helped yeah. her through and was the most loving and caring man. It's bizarre as well because he walks around as if Stacey broke his heart. He cheated on her. Like, he left her like i'm not i'm not aware of when she betrayed him like it, it obviously yes in the past they have had uh, she has had affairs on him right i'm not uh, like i'm not completely flipping saint stacy here but in terms of they made an agreement that they would get back together the past would be buried as the past and then they would move on with their lives so as far as i'm concerned it's a clean slate from after like they got back together and in that time she hasn't cheated on him and yet Martin has had an adulterous affair with Ruby, married her. And Sonia. Um, oh, and Sonia, sorry, yeah. I forgot he slept with Sonia as well. <laughs> Just to keep her keen because she could pay off his like debt to that crazy yeah. guy. <laughs> um, you know, he's got to thank us somehow, doesn't he? He's got to thank us somehow. Some people send roses, Martin sleeps with you. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just I just was looking at this and I was just like, where are the kids? He couldn't care. He's so busy, worried about his hangover. I'm just like, I'm so finished with Martin now. I used to love that man. I used to think he was the bee's knees. Thanks. I used to I used to think it was a good man and a flipping wonderful father. He would have had father of the year mug, wouldn't he? He would have had something like that. He would have had flipping best dad in the world. <laughs> but now he's just a mug himself. <laughs> And I'm going to come and smash it. <laughs> but don't worry, because we're not alone. It seems the universe is on our side, Emma, because, well, when you decide to go and drink yourself into a stupor, what normally happens? Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> 
this was literally the most grotesque thing I think I've ever seen on these tenders. I, I just think it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> it was sick in a bag. It was carrying sick in a bag. Like, no, no, no. As well, as, I love when you, like, swang it a bit as well. Like, it was oh. kind of like carrying it a lot. Like, you know, like, when it was, like, on the bench, you kind of swung it a bit. And I was like, it's not like a carrier bag full of groceries, Martin. That's your own vomit. It's the way I was surprised when Ruby was like, you're not coming to the appointment. <laughs> yeah, stinking of vomit, looking like you've got the sweats. Like, it, you know, it looks like you're about a key lower. He knew the appointment was coming. Yeah, he knew. He knew that. And yeah, then, even if he had forgot, he would still go. You should still go and have a shower, sober yourself up, be an adult, mm. get ready, and go and support. Well, that's the thing. Martin hasn't behaved like an adult for like the entire time he's been with Ruby. No, we called it midlife crisis, big one, hundred percent, big, big midlife crisis for Martin. He's not even midlife, and he's like having this massive crisis. Can you imagine when he actually hits midlife? It's just bizarre. Like, he is actually going through something, some sort of flipping psychological change if he thinks that's appropriate on the eve of his, like, most beloved wife um, going for a consultation. On the eve of that, he decides he's going to go and just get drunk with some random stranger he barely knows, a man he punched the day before. I love it, right, because Jean fantastically confronts the pair of them this week as well. She goes over to Martin... And it's like, we need to talk about Lily. And he's like, this is his actual words, right, guys? Let this sink in. His actual adopted daughter, these are his words when Jean suggests that they need to talk about her. A 10-year-old who has only committed the crime of lying and being a 10-year-old. Like, you know, she's a troublesome child, so she's 10. Jean literally comes up and she's like, we need to talk about Lily. And he goes, these are his words, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Yeah, he says Ruby's his priority and that he's losing Ruby and he needs to keep her. So he's going to put her and trying to save his marriage ahead of his child. I'm sorry, Martin. Your love life comes second to these children. You made made, um, a promise when you took her on. That choice you have to live with for the rest of your life. That's how it works. Same with Hope. You made the choice to have a child with Stacey. You have to look after that child. Same with Arthur. You made the choice of basically being his second father. You then have to also look after him for the rest of his life. My favourite bit was when he said to Jean, you know, cut us some slack. I'm, I'm hungover. Ruby's at a consultation. I'm like, none of these things are in any way, like, actually, like, detrimental to you, though. And also, like, you, could, you could have been at the consultation, but you were exactly. too hungover to go. Exactly. Your hungover is not a detriment. Like, that- it's not. it's not that, like... It's not something she has to pay for. I have to be there for Ruby. I have to put her first. Well, shouldn't you be doing that right now at the hospital with her? Well, maybe you shouldn't have gotten drunk. I'm sorry, loves. I am coming for Martin. I am coming down that street with a flipping steamroller if I have to. He has crossed the line too many times, Emma. (laughs) I am. Not this time, Emma. This is poison carbonara time. I'll just go over and I'll be like, I heard you were hungover, Martin. And, you know, I just want to support you because it's such a hard time for you being hungover. So he has a nice cup of tea. So Kim has got Mila and Ikra as a poster girls for for her business, for her website. Just as a catch, um, she hasn't told them she's doing that. 
<laughs> Classic Kim. <laughs> I love when they were like, no, Kim, can you not put photos of on? Like, we find that really bad. Like, it, it's like our personal, it's something personal that we don't want to disclose because you just not put photos. Yeah, that's fine. Puts massive amounts of information about Mila and Car on. <laughs> I love it. She's a Sagittarius. <laughs> she's a, she lives down the lane. She's a, you know, like all of that information. Everything, birthday. Yeah. The hospital she was born in. Being for a drink. <laughs> Kim did take off the photos, but she still kept everything else. I love Icarus as well, because she's like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> that seems to be like just a reoccurring theme between Kim and Ikra, and I love it, because Ikra's just like, for God's sake, I go over and I tell her, don't put this stuff on the internet, and she just does it anyway. It's like she's... Kim hears certain words that Ikra's saying, yes. but not all of them, so she'll hear. Yeah. So she'll go, don't put on the website. Kim will go. Oh, put on the website. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, please, we didn't want the photos on, so could you not put the pit, not put any information about it either? Just a little information, we don't mind, but not all the information. A little information, they don't mind. Okay, put information on website. Perfect. <laughs> Great. And a little information, that's got to be at least two pages. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Kim. It is. I love her. I love the level of like, the kind of relationship that she has with, like, Ikra and Mila as well. Like, she does obviously care about them. It's it's quite um, heartfelt that, like, she's kind of, like, the biggest champion, isn't it? Yeah, it's not just a like, business thing for her. You're, like, my biggest success stories. And, yeah. Like, the moment she saw them looking at each other, she was like, yes. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, she's their, she is their biggest supporter. She is. And I think, like, that's such a sweet, sweet thing to have on the square as well. I'm just kind of enjoying them being best friends with Kim. I am. I'm really liking the dynamic between Ikra and Kim. It's quite nice. And it's nice to see Ikra around the square a bit more and with different Mm -hmm. people and getting to see her interact. Definitely. I feel like since since splitting up with Ash, she's kind of come into her own a little bit more now that she's with Mila. Like, we're seeing a bit more character there and a little bit more information there. Just as they're kind of discussing the problem with Kim, we suddenly get a brand new character, guys, and we love a new character. And her name is Keone. And she is Mila's sister. I mean, I live, I live for the moment because she just literally comes in like full on like little sis style, doesn't she? She's just like, hey, sis. I was just like living, living for this. I love how she knew where she was. And she's like psychic. She's like, <laughs> I know exactly where Mila is at this exact moment. Because Mila didn't know she was coming, so it's not like no. she, has she got a tracker on her. Like, how did she find her? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it was just weird. It was like she hasn't texted her or anything because Mila's taken aback because she didn't know she was coming. Yeah, she's shocked. You're right. How did she yeah. know exactly where she was? But she just runs in like, oh hey. <laughs> <laughs> I live. She's like so fabulous as well. Like, like she's got like so much style for like a little kid. She's just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I love it because then we get these lovely sweet moments between like between Mila and her sister where they're catching up and they haven't seen each other for ages. So they went to Kathy's calf, and although Kathy's a little bit put out because. Um, <laughs> Keone's basically ordering like frappuccinos and like for the, the most difficult to make drinks and Kathy's like mix it up the, mix it up the full frap by hand she's like people normally only ask for tea yeah. she's like this isn't blooming Starbucks yeah it's true though they either get a hot chocolate a tea sometimes a coffee if they're feeling adventurous 
Yeah, maybe a latte if they're very, very adventurous. Yeah, and a bacon sandwich or a um, fry up. That's mainly the the staples there. Or a muffin. So anything outside of that, Kathy's confused. Yeah, she's like, what? (laughs) I don't understand. Right, I'll just look that up. But I I really loved it and I really just liked the cool, like, little exchanges. It was nice to see a little bit more expansion on, like, Mila's life outside of being, like, a a waitress and, like, a bar woman. Like, it was nice to see, like, an expansion from there. Um, But then something strange happens and Mila is talking to Keone and she makes reference to going on holiday and for Mila you would just imagine oh holiday is something to look forward to it's something we all look forward to but Mila's face doesn't say that sounds exciting that sounds interesting her face is like the apple almost yeah almost like dread I would say Mila's picked up on her age mm-hmm. and also she's saying she's going to see aunties and they're going to go yeah. shopping and like this is kind of familiar to Mila. Definitely. Yeah. And she's suddenly faced with something that she never thought she'd ever face again. But we don't find out what that thing is, what this, why she was so filled with dread and fear for for her sister when she said about the holiday. We don't find that out because Mila does what Mila is has probably always done, which is instead of instead of going to people for help, her only survival like instinct was always to kind of keep it, keep it secret, keep it hidden and try and figure it out yourself. Yeah, and- like in this moment she's obviously pushing Ikra away as well. Like because she's very focused on on this and also at the same time she doesn't want to confront it so if she just keeps pushing yeah. Ikra away she doesn't have to like talk about it confront it or yeah like make any reference to it yeah and I think a lot of people can relate to that in life where like if it's something difficult that we're facing like it, we do sometimes bury it or we push it aside and try and just kind of not act, not not let anyone else kind of come in to deal with it. And even though she's pushed Ikra away, it's nice to see that why she has not that that kind of like she's not ready with Ikra. I'm not gonna say that she doesn't have trust because I think she does trust Ikra a lot, but I think she's not ready to 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 speak that truth to Ikra and to seek help from Ikra. But why she's not ready there, she is ready with Kathy and she can turn to Kathy quite a bit. More so than probably anyone in in our life at the minute, and it's nice to say that. I think she kind of sees Kathy as a bit of a surrogate mother, like. Mm. Um, and I, I actually, I think, Kathy feels for her as well. I think there is that kind of bond there between them, and so it only was natural that when, when Mila discovered that her sister was, going on holiday to the aunties. I think it was natural that she would turn to Kathy and that she would seek Kathy's help. And she she does. She goes there and she basically says it's not a holiday. She's not going on a holiday. And Kathy's just like, well, how do you know? And she goes, because I've went on this same trip. And she explains what happened to her. And she explains that, unfortunately, the trip is actually 
a lure or a kind of disguise so that the mother can take Keone to be cut. It is actually estimated that there are more than uh, 200 million girls and women alive today who have under, underwent FGM. That's like horrifying. That's actually shocking. And so I think it's really important that Eastenis is actually confronting it and like actually is just giving a voice to all those poor women and girls out there who have gone through this without a voice to even say no. Do you know what I mean? Like they've, they've been taken at such a young age to to basically be mutilated. Her her mom goes and picks up Keone. Yeah. And this is where Mila actually opens up to Ikra and she talks about how um, she thought she was going on holiday. She had this lovely party dress. She thought she was going to a party. And then she was taken into a room and she tells this this really heart-wrenching story about how she didn't know what was going to happen and and how how this has impacted her life and and she still remembers that day um she still remembers the like the feeling yeah and and still very much traumatized by it she says and affected by it she says herself she says I get infections. I I can't be intimate in the same way that a normal person will be intimate. Um, you know, the horror never ended. You know, for the mother, for Mila's mother, it was, well, it's done now. And maybe even Mila's mother underwent this surgery. We don't know that. She might have. She herself may be a victim of this. And, like, she kind of just expects Mila to just get on with life now. Unfortunately... What has occurred is not something that you just move on from. It's something that's left her scarred both physically and mentally. Like she's, and even sexually, like she can't be intimate with Ikra. She says that she can't be with Ikra in the same way that, say, someone else could. And that's because some of her parts physically are so damaged. We do have some charities for anyone who has is going through this, I know someone who who may be going through this. Um, so the first one is Daughters of Eve, which is D-O-F-E-V-E dot org. Uh, it's a non-profit organisation and it works to protect the physical, mental, sexual and reproductive rights of young people. We also have FGM National Clinical Group, uh, this is a UK-based charity and it works with women affected by FGM and other related difficulties. And if you don't fancy, you know, using the internet as a resource, maybe you prefer to phone someone, uh, maybe you're concerned that you know someone who may be going through FGM and just don't know where to go with that, you can always uh, phone the NSPCC helpline 0800 and they can help support family members or professionals with concerns that a child is at risk of or has undergone FGM. And also, um, there are other websites out there. There's, there's numerous resources um, available to us here in the, the UK and um, everything from amnestyinternational.org.uk slash women's rights um, or womenkind.org.uk also has links and resources to um, anything from, you know, charities that 
that can help to just information on FGM and what it is. And ultimately, if you're concerned, use these resources. They're there. Um, and, you know, just be safe and get help. Our hero this week is Mila. It has to be Mila this week because I think me and Emma were just so proud and so happy for her to like have that moment where she finally finds the courage and the strength to just to tell everyone the, the truth and tell Kathy and Ikra and Ikra the most like is like the most important person in this situation for her to be able to tell this to and I think just to be able to do all that stuff like and confront that trauma was just so awe-inspiring and obviously it's such a big storyline and such a a really important message to be to be addressing and I think she deserves to be the hero this week our slapping Dan this week goes to Martin I mean that man has fallen so far now that me and Emma aren't even shocked when he says these things now he's basically disowned all of his children and puts his wife his new wife his fourth or fifth wife whatever number they're on as his new and most important thing in the whole world. I'm sorry, Martin, that doesn't wash with us, love. You're going to slap him down. As Mila's our hero of the week, we will be rating out with Mila's, and we are giving this week three Mila's. I think those three points for this week, that rating just goes for Mila, because Mila has truly delivered. She's carried this all week, hasn't she, Emma? She's just, it's just been everything. Like, we have seen probably one of the most hard-hitting stories in a long time to be on the soap and she delivered so we're here for it the only thing we have is a little bit of a gripe about not having the same level of kind of development or time to some of our other stories going on and i think that's where it kind of comes down to a three this week's episode is sponsored by georgina barnes's pies Perhaps you just need to ruin that lovely, lovely crust. Well, you call Georgina Barnes and she'll be right round to finger all those pies. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.